0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Luke Dubrow. I'm sorry if I'm (laughs) messing that up. Um, Luke's a managing partner for Make It Rain Capital. Um, Actually has a pretty pretty cool podcast of his own. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Jason. And uh, you did a great job with my last name. That's that's exactly how I pronounce it. So we're we're either both right or we're both wrong.
0: Right. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. We'll go with both right. Um, would you please just go ahead and sort of let's dive into your background. You know, kind of kind of tell us about the start of your journey. Go back as far as you want, even before real estate, and then and then we'll kind of um, take it
1: down whatever avenue seems to to make the most sense. Yeah, good deal. Um, So I think for me, it really starts with, so my dad, he wasn't born here in in America. He ended up coming from Trinidad. And so he always had this like immigrant mentality. So when I was growing up, um, there was always like very much an entrepreneurial spirit. All of these things were very normal for me growing up. It's only been in retrospect as an adult, seeing that he had, he had so many different irons in the fire that, um, that I ended up realizing, hey, not everybody had this normal upbringing where, you know, your dad has two or three businesses that he's starting and he's always like working on something, you know? And so um, he, you know, to that end, he and my mom ended up having um, a couple of single family rentals. So they live in one home and then they ended up moving and they're like, well, let's just hang on to it and rent it out, right? And so I ended up seeing real estate when I was in middle school and high school from that perspective, from the single family's perspective. Except you know, I ended up seeing some things that went well and some things that didn't go quite as well. Also with the properties, and that's just by the nature of the asset class and like where the assets were located and things like that. Um, and so actually, by the, once I finished graduate school, um, when I was 23, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and everything just kind of like clicked for me. It was all these things that I knew were right because I'd seen it growing up and. I was, my, I was raised this way, but I didn't have anything concrete to to put it to, right? And so I, once I reached that poor dad when I was, you know, I guess almost 10 years ago now, everything kind of clicked for me. Um, so I knew I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get involved in real estate in some form or fashion. And I don't always want to have to depend on somebody else for my income, but I didn't have it. I couldn't quite figure out the avenue for, for myself, Jason. So I explored different things along the way. I like I lived in LA at the time. Um, For nine years, I lived in LA where where you're located, you know, and and so I looked at like investing in California. I looked at like, okay, do I do like a duplex or fourplex, maybe Arizona because it's close by, like explored stuff with my brother and looking at different things. Um, But ultimately it was once, um, you know, once I was able to invest passively where I was like, okay, this, this is what makes the most sense for me at this stage, um, and so I had the opportunity to invest passively um, just about four years ago now into into two different assets um, here in Central Texas, um, and so I'll get to you know the here in Central Texas part right, but had the opportunity to invest passively. Um, my then girlfriend, now wife, ended up investing alongside of me in in one of the deals, um, and then just given our goals and where we were at with everything, we ended up deciding, okay, well, we're going to need to probably leave and move at some point out of California to achieve just our, what our own personal goals were and stop being on the passive side and be able to be on the active side. Um, and so with that, at the end of 2020, we ended up moving to, to Texas. And so we live in Austin now. Um, and you know, we started our podcast last year in 2020 as well, like you mentioned. And um, and then had the opportunity to to be on the active side earlier this year in April, and so we're GPs in a deal here in town. And um, yeah, we're just you know focused on being able to to provide more investment opportunities for people, and then be able to achieve our own personal goals that we have, and then you know bring our communities along with us with uh, with being able to invest as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that that's great. I mean, uh, kind of a a lot of things I think that we can kind of touch on there that I think are pretty cool about your story. Um, one is just, I mean, I think growing up in the environment of having, you know, an entrepreneurial family uh, is, as you said, like, that's not probably not the norm, right? Most people don't, you know, kind of, they, they, see, they see their parents going to work, <laughs> having, a, having a W-2 job, going to work, coming home, you know, working that nine to five, Monday through Friday. And it, it's it's when you have someone close to you like that that has that sort of they have the entrepreneurial spirit they're they're building businesses all of that it it definitely I think opens up your eye for me that was was my uncle and and you mm. know it's it's just kind of a a cool <laughs> now I wasn't smart enough to get into the entrepreneurial thing as as soon as you did but I think that uh, it, just having that sort of mentality of I want to work for myself. I want to, I want to make things happen for my family. And that's, um, you know, probably more, actually more easily achievable as an entrepreneur than it is in a W-2 job. Although I think most people don't think that, and they see it as risky. Um, Maybe, maybe talk about that. Just kind of, what you saw with your family and and how that impacted you i know you said rich you read rich dad poor dad and that sort of uh put it probably put it in words what you were already sort of feeling so how i mean how, you're young like how did
1: that how did that feel kind of growing up going going through that process yeah um well it's like my mom and my dad they're they're very different people like my dad was is very much like a sales and marketing person. And my mom is is very much an operations person, right? And a finance person. So it's like, ones were concerned about revenue, and the others concerned about expenses. And so there's always like that, that uh, healthy push and pull, so to speak. Right. But yet, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm thinking about the question about you said how I end up feeling. Um, I would say more, I was more impacted by by my dad in that respect than I was by my mom. Um, I'm, not like a super frugal person, the way that my mom is. And I got more of like the entrepreneurial sort of um, uh, bug, if you will, from, from that angle. Cause it's like, even when I was 25, like I started like this own, like a fitness business and like an online fitness business too. I mean, growing, and that's when I was 25, we go back even further. When I was in high school, I would tutor people in like calculus and pre-calc. And then I would sell stuff on eBay and all these things were just normal. My brother, he would grow crops in the backyard and sell them. But this was, I think he was 10 or so when he was doing this. So it's like all these, all these things were so normal for us, Jason. It was just like, oh, if you want money, we'll just go sell something or start something. And and none of these were like groundbreaking ideas or anything, but it was just, like I said, it was just very normal. Just seeing the, the like the example that my parents said, particularly my dad, you know, even- I mean, even if I go back for it, like, we have our own podcast now, right? But my dad had his own radio program, and I remember it's so funny these things that are full circles. You become an adult and like you reflect on them. I ended up interviewing one of my teachers on the on his rate on my dad's radio program. He had a radio program once a week, and I interviewed her, and I was like in second grade, and my dad was like, he he put us in these certain positions, like, hey, you're gonna interview your teacher. I was like, okay, I guess I'm interviewing my teacher. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's, you know, it's, it's always normal until you realize it's like, oh, not everybody ends up growing up like this, like this isn't, this isn't quite normal, you know, and the irony of it is that I went to school, you know, I ended up getting a graduate degree and I'm even now I'm still working a full time job, right. But the plan always is, always was and always is like, I'm going to be doing my own thing. That's where things have to end up moving, moving toward eventually.
0: Yeah no that that's great and I, I think you know you said it's not it's not groundbreaking but but in a way it is right because most people learn to just go get a job and so that although it's it it sounds simple when you say oh my you know my brother's growing crops i'm i'm selling things on ebay like but that it's it's easier to not do that stuff yeah Right. Like it's easier to just either not do any of it and not care or just I'm going to get a job. You know what I mean? It's like for me, it was. It, I, well, and I think you, you sort of touched on, I would say, maybe this, the scarcity mindset. Right. Like you're, if your dad is just if, when you're when people are frugal, they probably look at money like there's just not there's not enough. And so I have to you know, kind of always be careful about it. Whereas the other side of that is, is the abundance mindset and like that entrepreneurial spirit where it's like there's going to be money. I'll fit, you know, I'll figure it out. And for me, it was always, I'll just work more. And so maybe I guess that was a little bit entrepreneurial because I would take on side jobs in construction yeah. like that. Right. So it wasn't, but, but it's, uh, I, I do think that's not, not necessarily the norm. And it's even, you know, you're working a full-time job and doing your real estate, doing your podcasts. I'm sure you get similar questions to what I do. It's like, well, what, how do you have time for that stuff? And it's like, well, you have time for it too. Like it, right, right? Yeah. Have the same hours in the day. It's no, it's no different. So it's just a matter of how you, how you choose to use it. So uh, that, that's really cool. You, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of your, your parents uh, dynamic from a, from business standpoint and people always talk about how, you know, sort of a, a business partner is, it's good to have someone who's like opposite or contrary strengths to you. And sounds like that was the case for your parents. How does that, how does that Work for you and Daisy is that you know, kind of a D?
1: What roles do each of you play in, in your business? Yeah, so yeah, I guess for background for the listeners, it's like we're, we're a husband and wife team, right? And, and we have you skipped that, yeah. <laughs> we so we've created well, it's like you already know the story, so you know, it, it makes sense, but you know, we created Make It Ring Capital, and and um, and for us, I mean, Daisy if she was able to, so she had a wisdom teeth removed, I was telling you off, off air, you know, and so she's, she's, uh you know, on the sidelines, she's, she's recovering still, but um for her, she wasn't even interested in real estate initially. It was like, she's like, this is boring. It's a bunch of guys, like guys network very differently than women do. And those, she was just like, this is a, she, she was an education her entire career. And so she has, we have very, very, I would say different skill sets for sure. She's, um, I would say it's complimentary for the most part. She's more about people person than I am. I'm ironically, I'm more of a numbers person, um, even though like I kind of head up sales and marketing for us. So um, I take care of, I guess to answer your question, like I take care of like sales and marketing, broker relations um, because of our schedule. She does tours though. So this, you know, you, you get in where you fit in, so to speak, I do um, underwriting on, on our end. Um, she handles a lot more of the investor relations we both do, but more of it falls on, falls on her. Um, and then she has more ability and flexibility to go to a lot more networking events than I'm able to as well. Um, so they're, they're complementary in that way, but I think, you know, for, for myself, I've always wanted to have my own business and have it be successful and be able to achieve, you know, financial freedom and, and like attain or achieve my own, um, uh, like capability or what I'm, what, what my ability is like, reach my potential. Right. And for her, when she realized, okay, well, I can retire my parents or I can provide a better life for my future children. That's where the light bulb clicked or, you know, it, the, the switch clicked and she was thinking, okay, this is something I should, I should pursue more. And, and this, this vehicle of, of real estate and like specifically multifamily makes sense for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that probably just speaks back to also, you know, we've been talking a lot about sort of that upbringing where if, if you're raised in that environment of, you know, go to school, get a job, do the sort of what normal, uh, you know, normal life is supposed to be like. I do think, and, in, in, you know, I, I see this when I talk to other people about investing and I talk to friends and family and stuff, and it's just like, there's always this, it's almost like they don't trust it. Or something, right. you know and I yeah. mean, it's just like this. This, well, that's not what that's what not what we normally do, or that's not what's expected of us, and all of that stuff. And then it's like sometimes you want to just say, well, well, look look around at, at the who's wealthy, right. right? People with real estate, right? Like that's the, and who's poor? People that work a nine to five job. It's just kind of like, and it's not. It's, and I don't mean that even necessarily from a money standpoint. Like if you just look at it from a from a time control. And financial freedom like you don't have to be Jeff Bezos or so you know you you don't have Mm -hmm. to be the the richest person there is it's it's just about you know taking control of your life basically Mm -hmm. I think and it's uh if you if you have a job and that's your only source you're you're not in control you you're you know kind of at the mercy of that
1: job yeah and you know I mean the thing is I think a lot of it like with upbringing I think a lot of it too is that people get conditioned in one form or fashion or another to think that doing something on your own is risky or, or investing is risky, right? It's like, well, you're making, you're, you're always doing something, whether it's, it's like you're investing, whether or not you know it or not, like you're, you're working for yourself, whether or not, you know it or not, either you yourself are the little business and you export or, or you get, you hire out your services to an employee employer, or you're, literally doing it and you have large capital or you have make it ring capital and you end up doing it that way so it's like you're doing it anyway but but i think i don't know if it's schooling or i don't know if it's like media or what you know i i'm kind of i'm kind of thinking out loud but um but it's interesting because i i end up seeing that with in certain times like not as much anymore but you do see it still nonetheless jason
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that was actually, re- I, I like what you said there in the sense that you're investing, you're investing somehow, right? You're investing, I, I guess I would take it a step further and say, if you work for someone else, you're investing for them, right? 100%. Right, you're making them money that they're probably investing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might, you might as well be the one to to sort of take control of that. So it's just kind of, it's just, I I, I get passionate about this stuff because I mean, I'm like, and for anyone listening, like I didn't figure this out until a couple of years ago. It's it's not like I'm, I'm like this person who thought this way all my life. Like I've always worked a lot, but I never, I never put, put the money to work for me until relatively recently. And I think that that's really what it comes down to is you have to, it's okay to have a W2 job. I still have a W2 job. I love doing what I do. Like it's fine. I, I don't, there's, it's not to knock that. It's just a matter of like having a way to figure out that that's not your sole reliance. Um, right. So yeah. um, no, this, this stuff, like I always get <laughs> super excited about talking about this, but um, let's talk a little bit just about, about, you know, your, your actual real estate investing business. And you said you started with some passive investments and, and now you're, you've gotten active. So maybe walk us through that. Uh, tell us, you know, a little bit about what you've learned from each and in, in, in some mm-hmm. takeaways.
1: Yes, yeah, So, um, yeah, about four years ago, like I was saying, um, ended up investing passively into a deal. Um, and it came through because, um, my roommate at the time ended up knowing the one of the lead sponsors and so that's how i ended up getting connected and it was right time right place right um and so that was a um, 192 unit in san antonio and i put in you know a small amount of capital relative to the overall but it was a way to get started and then a lot of education of course um i think a lot of times people will talk about well invest passively first you learn and then you can get on the active side it's like you can learn but you can be a passive, passive investor. You can be like an active, passive investor, right? Like if you advocate for yourself or if you actually dig in and try to understand what's going on, like you, you're going to get a hell of a lot more out of it than you will if you just sit back, don't read the reports and you just, you know, end up getting the distribution. So um, ended up doing that. It was funny too, because we you know, Daisy and I ended up meeting with one of the lead sponsors, um, for dinner. Cause he, he's in LA too. He's, he's part of Wildhorn Capital, Reed Goosens. Um, okay. and, uh, it was funny because way back then he was, I, I need to tell Reed this. I've been thinking about this the past few weeks. He ended up saying like, Hey, you guys, like, maybe you should like get on the active side. I was like, "No, nah, I'm, nah, I don't want to do that. No, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just do this. Like, this will be fine. Like, I'll just do this, you know? Um, and so um, it's just funny thinking back to that. But to, you know, get back to your original question, um, ended up doing that one. And then I did that by myself. And then Daisy and I, we put money in together on on actually Wildhorn's second deal. That was the first one, their second one. Um, and that was uh, 256 doors in San Antonio as well. Um, thankfully, the first one's going full cycle here soon. So that'll that'll be good. Um, and then just ended up doing more education and like learning, reading reports, underwriting, Due diligence, like secret shopping, like secret shopping the the properties, even. Um, so we did quite a bit of due diligence. I would say not only meeting the sponsors and trying to vet the business plan and understand it, but I ended up taking their their underwriting and did my own and wrote my own spreadsheet. I'm an engineer by education, so that was a way for me to understand which levers pushed and pulled which way and try to understand the um, the mechanics of it a bit better. Um, we actually flew out to San Antonio too. Before we invested in the second one, we flew out to San Antonio and actually secret shopped it because it's like, well, we're putting in like triple the money. So we wanted to have some surety for sure. Um, And so we secret shopped it and um, and looked at the area, like tried to see what kind of cars were around there, try to see like how property management was when we got greeted or are they asking for are they trying to close us in terms of trying to sign a lease? All of that sort of stuff, you know, Um, and then. Yeah, just kind of like read a lot of that stuff for a year or two, and then um, Daisy, I'm, I'm, I'm like going through the going through the story here uh, as I'm thinking the history. Daisy was she she actually got involved with a with uh, an organization called the Women's Real Estate Network, um, which actually has a very strong chapter in LA, and she ended up doing a course called the Art of Raising Capital. And COVID hit, and it was like, okay, so how are you? Going to raise capital now, and so hence the podcast got started. And then we we're like, well, maybe we should formalize this, and got the ball rolling. And like I mentioned before, we moved out to uh, we ended up moving out to Texas um, here and now, um, and then had the opportunity to be on the active side. And so we're just you know we're focused here in, in Austin, um, and then focused in San Antonio as well, which is about an hour hour and a half away. And you know we look for we look for deals in both markets and um, you know, looking to continue to grow and, and, uh, you know, be able to, to grow the business.
0: Cool. Yeah. And I think, uh, your point about you can be active or passive active or sorry, passive investor, like you can literally just give someone else your money, let them make you money and that's fine. Or yeah. you can try and you know, learn as much about it. And I think, I think a lot of people do start that way. I did the same thing sort of invested, but I also would say, tell me if you agree. Doing that, you can learn to be a passive investor and you can learn how to make really good decisions as a passive investor. But I don't think it necessarily teaches you how to be on the active side of it. right? You're going to get the tickets and things like that, but it, it's, it's, it's very eye-opening when you come around the other side and, and actually do the, the active deals yourself. So um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your, your uh, active uh, investment deal where, where you were on the GP side.
1: Yes, so that one's a it's a forty two unit here in in Austin, um, we're about ten minutes from it where we live, which is great. Um, we're pretty centrally located, and um, and I know for a fact if we didn't move out here, that we wouldn't have been had the opportunity to to end up being on the GP side of things. It's like local presence, like knowing the sponsorship group, understanding the market, like all of those things had a had a factor in it, right? And so for us, that was like proof positive of like okay, well we feel like we made the right choice in, in moving out um, and, you know, leaving our family and everything that we, that we had known for, for so long. So, so this deal um, it's in the path, it's in the path of progress. Um, for anybody who's like familiar with LA, it's probably like similar to like an Inglewood or like a mid city or like a Crenshaw where it's like, okay, it's path of progress. We know that's being gentrified or maybe like a Boyle Heights. We know it's being gentrified. It'll take a little bit of time, but there's definitely like pockets where, where the where the path of progress is occurring um so it's a classic value add play of being able to renovate turn over the resident base um increase rents and then and then exit so um so far it's been performing very very well um and you know we're we're happy that, that things are moving forward well um and it's it's definitely completely different being on the active side than the passive side because it's like you you can see behind the the screen, so to speak, and see how the sausage gets made, you know, it's not just, it's not just, oh, you get a report, you know, it's, it's a matter of like keeping the business plan going and, and seeing where um, budgets are falling and landing based, especially now with appliances and getting supplies and all of that, like that's been an extremely difficult thing for quite some time for the past uh, year, year and a half, you know, Um, but overall it's, it's, It's definitely, you know, going well, and and we're we're happy to have been a part of it. It's uh, it's been awesome for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and I mean, Austin's a super hot market. I mean, I know there's there's few other markets that are as hot (laughs) as Austin is right now. So that's that's a fantastic place to be. Like you're you're almost, you know, you're almost guaranteed that sort of appreciation portion of it. uh, Just because the market, you know, the market's exploding. So that's great. What, what role are you doing on that sort of GP side? What, what's, are you, uh, asset managing or capital raising or what, what's kind of your part of it?
1: Yeah. So for us, the, the main piece was capital raising. And then, um, we're not, we're not, we're doing some asset management, but it's really like from a support perspective at this point. Um, and, uh, so those have been like the two, the two main roles for us. And so like, on. Future deals, right? Like our role will be finding the deal, some capital raising, um, and then asset management, of course, um, being being local and being able to, to go to the properties in the same day pretty easily. So um, it's been like a good way to get our feet wet, so to speak, and then continue to, to grow from there. So it's kind of like a progression all the way along, Jason.
0: Yeah. And are you looking to focus? like strictly around San Antonio, because it's local to you? Are you going to look outside of that market? I think your point about, you know, sort of moving there and being close and how that impacted you finding this deal, I think is huge. And it's, it's something that uh, I think, I think we said this a little bit before we started recording, but like being here in LA, it's not impossible, but it's harder to find, you know, sort of those cash flowing deals. Now, if you're looking for appreciation, that's you can, you can do that in LA, but it's, it's a, a harder situation like Texas or, or the Southwest or Southeast, sorry. Um, are you looking to focus on assets that are close to you and, and you can sort of be uh, within drive distance or do you plan to expand that, you know, the
1: markets that you look in? Yeah. So, so, so far we have been pretty hyper-focused, you know, um, within San Antonio and Austin, we look a little bit over in Houston and we look a little bit in Dallas, which are, two and a half to three hours from us. But being but being in Austin, like living in Austin and then getting to know block by block what's going on and then being so quick to go. Like today, Daisy was down in San Antonio. She was able to tour four properties. You know, it's like she's there and back same day. Right. So it's like that's that feels like a huge, a huge advantage that we have because Daisy's able. So I still work full time, but Daisy's make it rain full time. And so um, li- moving out here, she has the ability, and we have the ability to have her focus on on real estate full time, which is a which is a big blessing for sure. So um, just being hyper, just being very local, we, we do plan to end up looking here. But I mean, I don't know those other markets that I'm like. Well, if we lived there, I'd be super focused. If we lived in Nashville or Georgia or Atlanta or certain parts of Florida, it's like. Be super focused in, in those areas as right, well, right. the Carolinas, for that matter, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in a great market, might as well focus on that market, right? right? Easier to, and I and you are, you know, Austin is so central to, to San Antonio and Houston, and I mean, I guess maybe Dallas is a little bit further, but like those even those three cities, as you said, like you can be. I used to live in Houston, like we had friends in Austin. Oh, nice. It was easy yeah. for us to kind of drive back and forth. There wasn't like you know, if they get on a plane, it's not, you can, you could do it in a day if you wanted to, you know, she, especially like Austin to San Antonio is even closer. So th- those are all good cities, good markets, you know, kind of good places to be able to look and, and be close enough. So it it makes sense. I think, uh, you know, to, to, to be there, it helps you. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, she can go tour, <laughs> she can tour properties very easily. So that's, that's great. Um, well that's cool. What's what's your I guess what's your goal? What's your your plan uh maybe over this, you know, we're coming to the end of 2021. What do you guys have set out
1: to, you know, on your radar to do over these ne- the next year or so? Yeah, so um you know, if timing works out then we'd love to be able to to close on another property or or at least be under contract for something before the end of the year depending on how things go and then I think to continue from there, you know, so, um, some deals, we have the potential to JV if they are small enough. Um, but then also if you have like a, a 20 unit deal in Austin, isn't a 20 unit deal everywhere, right. Because of where pricing's at. So, so sometimes it'd get JV'd, sometimes it wouldn't just depend on what it looks like, but yeah, continue to, 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 you know, acquire properties, um, and be able to, to grow and, and have more investors of course. Um, and, uh, yeah I mean a big part of it is just being able to provide more financial opportunities and more access and education for millennials I mean we talk about that a lot on our podcast and within make it rain and and kind of like okay like this is why we exist um we feel like there's a lot of opportunity out there and it's just a matter of literally evangelizing the message we're you and you and me we're in like this like we're in like the the you know, it's like a fish when it's swimming, it doesn't realize that it's in water, right? It's almost like that. Like we are like, Oh yeah, this is so common. Everybody knows because we see all the same faces all the time. We get the same messaging, but people, there's so many people who still have no idea. So it's like the work that you're doing and the work that we're doing ends up making like a huge impact with people being able to realize like, Oh, I, I can have a little bit of like financial security here that potentially I didn't, I didn't have before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I know, you know, for, for you, you're, you're focused as sort of like on the millennials as you're as the the group that you're helping. For me, I'm trying to help other veterinarians. Right? It's like you sort of pick your pick your. I, I would help. I'm happy to help anyone invest. Right? But it's like ultimately coming from that background, you see you see where the 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 education really is just missing in terms of what's available. It's not even so much like you don't for people to invest passively. You don't have to know how to. You don't know have to know how to invest actively you don't know how to have you don't have to know how to take care of the the properties but what you need to know is that it's available you need to know the opportunities are there and so that's why I think uh you know it's it's really important that you know with with the podcasts with social media with all of that that's that's what we're you know sort of the focus is to get that out there and then just talking to everybody right and like (laughs) like maybe some people are annoyed by it and I'm sorry but that's kind of it's like it's like no let me like let me tell you how you can, you know, get ahead. Like, this is actually, once you figure it out, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not hard to do. Like, you just have to start doing it. Um, and so, well, that, that's actually probably a pretty good segue, and you, you touched a little bit on it, but um, maybe we can dive into kind of the questions I like to ask every every guest. And so the first one, uh, you know, has to do with the name of the podcast, but but, what is your why? What, What kind of drives you? uh, And I know you you touched a bit on it, but maybe you can expand on
1: that. I think, um, I mean, my own personal why is, you know, I end up looking back at like my dad, right? He ended up coming here from a third world country. He came from Trinidad when he was 20, right? And um, ended up working like two and three jobs at a time. And so I look at his life and like, I look at my mom and the sacrifices that she's made. Like she was born here, but she had humble beginnings as well. And, and her parents were from other countries. And, and so I end up looking at that and it's like, I just think of all the sacrifices that my grandparents have made on both sides and this my ancestors. And I think that there's just a lot of possibility that I personally have. Um, and that And that it will almost be a waste not to take advantage of all the opportunities, especially, I mean, I'm, I was born in America and I have a degree, like I'm, you know, it would be like a godsend for so many people in the rest of the world, probably like a billion or more people, if they could trade places with me, even on my worst day, it would be a miracle for them if they could live on my worst day. And, and I end up thinking about that. And I, and I just think that there's a lot of opportunity that, that I end up having here. America isn't perfect, right? But it's one of the most perfect imperfect places if you have to choose somewhere to be in in the world. And so I think about all of that, and and that that ends up fueling me to end up saying, okay, like I have so much potential, and I have so much that I'm capable of, and and it's incumbent upon me not to waste that opportunity. And um, you know, to be honest, it's not just me. I think it's you. I think it's all of your listeners. I think it's all of us because inherently, I think we all are very strong people. We we, if our ancestors, if we weren't strong people, our ancestors wouldn't have been strong people because they wouldn't have survived whatever, you know, it's just, it's evolutionary biology and Darwinism, like they just literally wouldn't have survived, right? So I think about, <laughs> I think about that and it's like, there's, there's, I don't know, there's just so much opportunity and there's so much that we're capable of. And, and like I said, I feel like it's incumbent upon me to, to be able to take advantage of all those opportunities that have been afforded me um, just by, almost sheer chance you know um so that's 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 really what my my why is like reaching my full potential and taking and um and doing right by my ancestors
0: yeah no that's that's awesome i mean it's 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 perspective right it's perspective and it's gratitude yeah right it's it's really that kind of that simple it's you know exactly what you said right there's so many you know we like to complain here in America, and you know about how hard things are, wh- whatever it is, like things that aren't going our way. But, but in reality, we have pretty good, and yeah. it's uh, so much better than many. And, and um, it's just being, you know, being grateful for that and and recognizing it, right? And then, as you said, now now you're we we have to do something with those opportunities, right? If you if it's maybe maybe not enough to just be like. Yeah, this is great. I'm lucky to be here. Like, now let's try and make a difference. So I, I think that's, that's super cool. For sure. Um, okay, next question, then. Tell, tell us something about yourself that, that maybe isn't common knowledge. And this might be hard since you have your own podcast, and you've probably <laughs> shared a lot, but uh, maybe a hobby or a special skill that, that people
1: don't know. Um, mm. I mean, something that I read, I, I would say I'm I'm like a nerd at heart. So like, I still I read a lot when i was a kid but like a lot a lot of novels and even now i'm still reading so like i'm reading the uh the born um supremacy right now you know and and so i still read novels when when i can um you know i try to make a little bit of time to be able to do that so i don't read novels I, it's been a long time since i've read a novel I, I, pro, I go on these stints where it's like i won't read for like months or a year and then i'll just like dive in and do three books over the course of a couple months so um yeah that's that's something you know i don't think i've talked about that much on our podcast i was trying to think of something i haven't talked about jason i think it's that you know like reading reading novels like reading fiction yeah
0: i i do i do my reading is very like binges it's like okay i i really want to read and then it's like you'll read like three or four books in a row and then not do anything for a while uh okay well since you mentioned born supremacy do you like to have seen the movies like have you have you oh if you're reading a book that has a movie associated with it, do you like to have seen them? Because I I feel like almost always if you've read the book that the movie might be disappointing.
1: Yeah, I've experienced that. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of books that have moved like I think any Tom Clancy movie, um, they're not as good as the novels. I've only read one or two, but they haven't been as good. I read Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead, the movie was not good, um, comparably. Uh the born even the born identity the first third of the plot is the same and then they're completely different so um, i'm not opposed to it but i also like i read dune that's you know it's like the seminal science fiction book i thought it was horrible i read it earlier this year i just didn't get it but i'm really excited about the movie which comes out on thursday you know yeah, so it looks like
0: it looks like it's going to be good i mean it's uh it's funny i i never read that one or cuz they've done dune like four times now I don't and I don't think I've ever seen any of them but it, but uh yeah no it, it looks the, the at least the previews for this one look really good I I especially when I was younger like huge Stephen King fan I read every, literally every Stephen King book so I, I probably started reading them too young because I would have nightmares about it but it didn't it didn't stop me I just kept like I'm gonna read the next one and the next one and I I don't know that I've seen a Stephen King movie that I liked like they're just it's very hard i think to some of these books to translate like it's mm. just uh so yeah I, I when you said that i was like i wonder what <laughs> <it's an> interesting <laughs> perspective on you know actually reading the book and the and the and then seeing the movies like people that all the people that read the harry potter books and stuff like that it's just kind of like there's a lot of them out there and i think if you realize that they're separate entities
1: right mm-hmm. like the movie's a
0: movie and the in the books books and it, it's likely they're not going to be the same so you can't
1: want them to be the same you just have to try and enjoy them for for what they are so. I think it, not to belabor the point but like I'm not a horror movie fan at all like even a scary book I read it was like Running Man or something by Stephen King it was one of his books but it's not it's more of a thriller not horror like it and Cujo and I'm like, I could never do any of those. Like, there's no, maybe The Green Mile, I'm, I, you know, but it's like, I don't even know how you would read something like that. Like that would, I, I that'd be hard. Like you said, it'd be hard to sleep at night. So, I
0: will say, I, to, there, I guess I have to take it back. The Green Mile is a pretty good movie and actually Shawshank Redemption. Shashank is is a Stephen King so that so uh, not that there are no good ones but a lot of them I think didn't translate um all right that's good <laughs> we, we could t- talk about this for a long time I think but we we'll, <laughs> won't keep you all day with that um how I you know we'll, we'll get it all in the in the show notes and stuff but how do you want people to, to reach out to you when when
1: they hear this and want to want to know more about you and obviously they can listen to your podcast and stuff yeah. I mean, the, the best place to go now is our website because everything is there. I mean, we're, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and on YouTube and LinkedIn for social media, but and we have our podcast. Of course you can just search, make it rain and it'll come up, but I mean, really it's our website. Um, I'd say you can email me it's, it's Luke at make it rain Capital.com. it's L U C. Um, and, uh, but is on our website too, that, that points in any direction to anything that we're doing. So, um, I'd say, I have a I have a very uh, limited calendar because of the nature of of how things are. Much like yourself, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, right? But I mean, I'd say reach out if you have a question about something, and if I don't know the answer, like I say this all the time, if I don't know the answer, like there's plenty of people that I know. I'll try to point you to the right resource, whether it's in multifamily or just another part of real estate, whether it's like single family or like we're talking like small multis, like four units or something like that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to to help and share.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Luke, final question. Um, What, what piece of advice would you give people that are, you know, a little bit farther back in their journey than you are, you know, someone, someone who's kind of getting started, like you were a year or so ago, what what would you tell them uh, to help encourage them and
1: guide them? Um, I always would first ask what their goal is. If their goal is to, let's say their goal is to have like so many people to have financial freedom and and if it's their goal is the same thing as mine. Um, I would say, you know, get around the right people. Like you or, you know, Grant Cardone, love him or hate him. He says that creativity is followed by commitment. So you know, we got very creative during the pandemic about how to network and how to how to be able to like get around get around people who we felt like would end up helping us and who would be mentors to us in and, and different forms and fashions. So um I would say, you know, get around the right people. A lot of people focus on the educational piece, um, which is important. And, you know, I'm I'm all for that, like reading and webinars, etc. But I mean, really it's it's like people are the ones who are going to make the biggest difference. Like it's not just the knowledge, but it's like getting, getting to the, to the right people that, that will help you grow leaps and bounds. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. I, I, and I, I,
0: as someone who thought I just have to educate myself enough to be able to do it, it doesn't, it, it, you know, the, the net worth being your, your net worth being your network is, is kind of a, I don't know, I guess a cliche saying, but it, it's actually pretty true. And it wasn't until I sort of really started to focus on that, you know, networking and relationships and stuff like that, that I saw things really pick up. So uh, yeah, it, you're hundred percent right. It's just something that you have to, you have to get around, you know, get around the people that are doing it and, the, and that will really help you uh,
1: get there. And then and then ultimately it becomes kind of fun. fun, right? So like something that we did or that I did was in like april may right when like everything went virtual in 2020 like i would take screenshots of like zoom now you see this all the time i'm not gonna say i invented it but i i thought of it i thought of it early on but it's like you take a screenshot <laughs> I don't, nobody's gonna know the difference
0: you yeah you heard it here folks invented the <laughs> screenshot of zoom meetings
1: yeah but i would like do that and like i would tag everybody and say like oh these are my big takeaways and all of that and then you know, you end up building up this network, which is really awesome, but then it's cool now to be able to go to in-person stuff. Like if there's conferences, we're going to one this weekend, we're at one um, last month. And it's almost like this, like, I don't know if you've experienced this Jason, but it's almost like this like family reunion, so to speak, or it's almost like a class reunion where you're just around a bunch of people that you've seen. And it's like, oh, I get to meet you in person. Like, this is so cool because you've only seen them virtually for so long. So um, that's another benefit of, you know, being able to, to you know grow your network
0: right right yeah and I I I do I do look forward to that it's it's funny with COVID everything was shut down and then we had a baby so it was like I had this (laughs) I've had this like constant reason why probably travel and and large groups wasn't a, a good idea but but yeah I think we're now we're starting to get to the tail end of that and my baby's getting older and so I yeah I look forward to to getting to those conferences and and because I agree even just seeing the the images on social media it's like it just looks like a bunch of friends like getting yeah. together and hang out so it, it's it looks pretty cool uh and and then i think you know you, you always hear about people that you know sort of connect at a at a conference and then and then go on to partner on deals or or, or form a company together or what you know whatever the case mm-hmm. may be i think that stuff's uh hugely important so um Uh, awesome, Luke. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time and, and
1: all of your, um, wisdom. It's, it's been, it's been awesome conversation. Uh, so, so thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you providing a platform and, and, uh, being able to connect and, you know, we'll be doing a podcast swap, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, you know, keep, I I appreciate what you're doing, you know, because more people need to know, like I said, evangelizing the message is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, I will let you go and we will say goodbye everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.